0: Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by the Action Network and Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined as always by my co-host here on Road of His Overtime. It is Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners of Road Sean, we've been uh, talking about this for probably almost since the preseason at this point, but the uh, the Dream RVOT uh, Super Bowl Showdown is still on the cards as uh, the Packers and the Chiefs have advanced to uh, the conference finals this weekend. So. Uh, possibly this time next week, we could be talking about uh, the the RVOT Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and the two teams advanced in very different ways. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers looked utterly dominant. Uh, tore apart that very impressive ram's defense they were able to pass the ball they were able to run the ball they got multiple running backs involved they were able to use their secondary wide receivers and take a little bit of the pressure off devontae adams their defense was solid and allowed them to get that early lead and and stay well up front as it's done all season the chiefs by contrast they looked like the defending super bowl champions early and then some of those the missed extra point the mixed field goal And then especially when Patrick Mahomes goes down, that game really changes. And so the teams are in very different situations going into this week. A lot will depend on Patrick Mahomes and how he's able to clear the concussion protocol. Obviously, the number one thing we're rooting for there is his overall health. The faster someone clears, likely the better that's going to be for their long-term health situation. But the Chiefs and Chad Henney, I think, have a chance even without him. They have the fantastic coaching, and Andy Reid. They've got that offensive scheme. And we saw Henney display uh, some serious guts down the stretch there.
0: Yeah, he showed some wheels as well, when he, uh on that, that rush where he almost got the first down. But um, all credit to uh, the Chiefs and uh, Andy Reid for, you know, we've seen it. When the Browns decided to pump the ball back, um, you know, late in the fourth quarter, you know, you have a chance there. Worst case scenario, you turned over and you lose the game. You kick it back, you never get the ball back, and it's all all done and dusted. And Andy Reid, um, who I think has always been underrated as a play caller, but um, you know, sometimes his situational football it can be questioned. But he he has always uh, had the guts to go for it in those big situations, uh, when the game is on the line. So sometimes it works for you, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I think we've seen. And the previous week some people you know some teams p- deciding to punt it away and when it came to it it really was to their detriment you know the titans spring to mind um you know and i i just think that the the chiefs got the job done and even without patrick mahomes but let's hope he is healthy um and back this week and i think that should just be a the two the two games we're left with are just uh, superstar showdowns on both sides and uh, I guess I'll mention too I went four for four in our, our picks last week Sean as well so uh, unfortunately I didn't put down any parlays I, I could have done quite well for myself but as I mentioned ending the uh, second show of the week last week <laughs> if the Packers had uh, lost I don't know how much football I would have watched over the weekend but really enjoyable weekend of games and Kind of went uh, the way some some people would have been predicting, um but in general, uh, you know the Browns had a great season, just came up a little bit short. And um if it is to be Drew Brees' uh, last game, um you know has had one one hell of a career, but just looks to be uh, at the end of the road at this point. But on today's show, Sean, we're going to kind of talk about you know some of those top end uh, quarterbacks. We're going to be looking at some super flex drafting that uh, you've been doing uh, over the last couple of days with sam wallace and some recent pieces up on the website breaking down those decisions so looking forward to doing that now um as, as we just move forward but i tease that the, this is up on the site today we're going to be looking basically uh at one of sean's most recent pieces but also sam wallace's recent work and sam who we've talked about on the show previously has been doing phenomenal work up on the website and uh, behind the scenes at the moment we're we're arranging our draft content for the nfl draft and uh, we're hoping to to pull sam and to getting some uh, road of Radio content uh, from him and he actually jumped on the road of Radio flagship show last week with matt and dave and uh, really good listen in that one so looking forward to breaking this down with you sean but teasing it being on the site you can always get yourself that 10% discount to a road of his NFL pass over there to get access to all of the content and tools. And of course help support the podcast network, but the key and the whole thing is getting access to the, the phenomenal tools and the content that is up on, the website as i mentioned on the the last uh, show last week the the promo code for it has been updated for the 2020 year it is now rv radio 2021 so if you are interested at checkout add in that rv radio 2021 Uh, and of course if you want to find out more information go to rotavis.com forward slash podcast for additional information and uh, we'll, we'll dive straight into it now sean so i'll let you have the floor a little bit give some background into the the kind of format and the the strategy and before we get into the actual players that were drafted
1: sam and i are, are engaged in this fun experiment where we're drafting against each other and we each have six teams right so he has all of the odd picks i have all of the even picks as we go through round one there we're alternating we're trying to build not just go through and draft sort of off of our super flex dynasty rankings but build the best teams right so as you go through a draft you have different needs that come up i think this has been a fun exercise because it's given me a chance to see where maybe my picks in a real draft would deviate slightly from my dynasty rankings i think when you do that it informs your dynasty rankings you can go back you can make some of those tweaks it also allows us to really look at roster construction which we know is a very key element of fantasy football it's one of the things that allowed our owners to dominate in the ffpc main event it allows them to dominate in the best ball leagues and it's equally important in dynasty startups so we're doing Doing a superflex startup, superflex is really taking over the dynasty uh community in terms of being the default format. That being the case, we want to make sure that we're presenting superflex startup uh in terms of, of what we're doing format-wise here. Make sure the listeners know uh how you need to approach these leagues. Now, it's been a little bit interesting, everyone knows how 2020 was the year of the quarterback. And in Dynasty, it's, it's not just that these top quarterbacks have scored so many points and are gapping the field a little bit more over the QB2 tier, but that some of those quarterbacks you can count on in the QB2 tier are heading toward retirement, or they're heading toward a lot of competition when we start up in 2021. So it's not just that these top quarterbacks are very, very valuable, but that second group that Quarterback streamers have always relied on that. Super flex owners have relied on if they want to punt the position a little bit and load up with those stars from other positions. That's a very tenuous group at this point. It may strengthen up after the draft, it may strengthen up after free agency. But if you're doing an early startup, which the early startups are, are a lot of fun, all that uncertainty out there and your drafting acumen, your structural drafting approach can really give you that big advantage. When we're in these early drafts, you're going to have to be uh, very careful about what you do to make sure you don't get caught out at this position. So it's been a fun exercise. We're going to go through some of these picks. Colm and I are going to debate them. Sam had the first pick. He went with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think that that's a controversial pick at all, Colm. Uh, Sam notes that he's already won a league MVP, an offensive player of the year, been a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. If you go in there and you look at his results, you see that 2018 and 2020 are two of the best fantasy years in the last two decades and only 25 years old. I think maybe the only fly in the ointment now would be this concussion that he suffered. We know that there are some quarterbacks who were forced out of the NFL early with concussions. Not only was this sort of a devastating blow to the Chiefs and their run to the Super Bowl this season but it could have a little bit of in the way of repercussions going forward hopefully that won't be the case I don't think that we're going to see them uh, try and run the ball with him too much in the type of play that got him hurt going forward Uh, that was kind of a weird deal last year as well where they were using him on a quarterback sneak after his knee was already a little bit damaged and he missed some games we know he can scramble but the Chiefs really need to get this running back position fixed so that they have some option other than putting a five hundred million dollar man uh, at risk on on some of these running plays, Colin, is there any other legitimate potential
0: first overall pick? I really don't think there is. I think um, I think it has to be Mahomes with what he's done so far um, and pretty much been in this offense. I know, like I did, they would have a little bit more of a running game than at the moment is kind of almost non-existent. But I do think that like the team needs to go through Patrick Mahomes. And I think it's always going to go through Patrick Mahomes. So if they have uh you know a kind of a decent running game, I think that's going to be enough to get them. I think just what he's done with his skill set um and his ability and the points he's put up both in NFL points and of course in fantasy football, for me, I don't think there's ever really been anybody who's done what they've done at that early stage of their career and looked so good doing it. And um, so I, I think Mahomes is clearly the the number one. And although obviously concussions and injuries and things like that at this point um you know you w- would be concerned about them. a lot of the guys on this list unfortunately have had some knocks i know we're going to get down the list in a little moment but like the likes of Dak prescott coming back from that injury you know the the concerns then over patrick mahomes become a lot less so uh, i think it's the, the clear number one the one i'm going to mention now this is the one we might have a little bit of a uh debate on and it was your second pick uh or your first pick uh, the second pick overall kyler murray um obviously murray has had a, a really strong season and i mentioned on a couple of shows where sometimes the game that he's playing doesn't look that great from an actual nfl perspective but when it comes to fantasy points he kind of at one point this season every time you looked up he was kind of getting close to that 40 point mark so um there's a lot there to to be excited about um you know he's been a qb1 a very very high percentage of games this season i believe it was 69 percent and finishing in the high 20 to 30 points on the the majority of weeks and as i mentioned like hitting close to 40 uh, on a number of occasions as well and surpassed it on two separate occasions so i think that like you know his rushing game gives him that elevated upside um he's only 23 years old has you know a good wide receiver core around him but I, I would have a different pick here i'm gonna let you guess to see who that different pick might be but um had you any other players in mind at that spot um over kelly murray
1: i didn't i think that he could I, I think any of the next three guys could legitimately go in that spot i went with murray because he's 23 he's got the best combination of this rush, rushing and passing value we've talked on the show quite a bit about how we were frustrated with some of the individual games he didn't play as well from a reality perspective as his fantasy points indicated you can look at that one of two ways right the first thing is that he may be a little bit overvalued and if you can't get to this elite level as an actual nfl player it's going to be hard to maintain the scoring value on the other hand if someone is playing or if someone is scoring this many points and you can see a lot of opportunities to improve you know that just raises the floor even higher he scored 32 points per game through week 11 injured the his shoulder in that contest against the seahawks only averaged 19.3 the rest of the way one of the other things in here that i think can be a little bit of a tricky factor is that according to our advanced strength of schedule tool and this tool was really awesome i think for listeners this year we had a number of picks showing how players were going to go from a difficult schedule to an easy schedule become league winners as a result when you're making those in-season trades, this particular tool uh, will be worth the value of the subscription to you. Murray, over those first 10 games, when he was really destroying the NFL, he had the third easiest schedule, right? But over that final stretch where he struggled, he had the hardest schedule. And so it's maybe not just the injury. I think people who are looking at that shoulder injury and thinking, okay, well, once that's healthy, he's going to come back. He's going to be this 30-plus point-per-game scorer. That may not be the case. And especially I think when we look at what their schedule is likely to be, he's got a lot of NFC West games in that final stretch. All four NFC West teams have kind of the same type of situation where they're so close to being a Super Bowl contender, a Super Bowl champion, and yet they need to make some key changes. The Seahawks already seem like they're making the wrong choices from that perspective. The Rams need a quarterback The 49ers perhaps also need that quarterback. But all three of those teams, especially at times, but definitely overall as well, have elite defenses. I think that this could be a situation where the Cardinals do struggle a little bit more to put up those big points unless they can overcome some of the difficulties we talked about. You know, They're not passing at the rate that they should. They're not using DeAndre Hopkins very creatively. So red flags do abound there, but I love what murray can do in terms of both the rush and the pass i think is upside and his floor is just too good to go in a different direction but colin there are three more quarterbacks here any of whom could go at 102 who do you like in that pick instead
0: I think the one I would be going on is the one that went at number five, and that's um, Josh Allen. Um, I think Allen has shown through his career so far. You know, there was always the upside, but like you're touching on with Murray there, there was always the upside with Allen. You know, in terms of his rushing ability, but the passing wasn't there. But what we've seen over the last kind of uh, six months is that the passing ability has improved dramatically, which is putting him into a position for the rushing and the passing touchdowns and we've pretty much seen we talked about Mahomes and lack of a run game there we've kind of seen if it gets inside the 20 uh, for the Bills that um, Josh Allen has that uh, opportunity to kind of rush it in himself so I think that at the moment in terms of I think we're hoping that Kyler Murray gets to the stage that Josh Allen's probably at at the moment now can Josh Allen maintain that season on season on season that is to be seen but in terms of what he did this year he ranked number one in quarterback uh, scoring this season Um, and and a lot of the stats he's up and he's inside the top 10 pretty much them all but the ones that like really impressed me this year was completion uh, percentage was fifth completions overall was fourth we looked then pass yards fifth pass touchdowns fifth qbr fifth rush yards eighth at the quarterback position so not at the top end maybe there's still a little bit to go there but uh really really um impressive was third in points per game over the entire season i just think that we we've kind of we've seen him jump from one year to the next and he's jumped far more than i think even his biggest supporters would have thought but i think we can still see growth he is so young he's made such a dramatic improvement and i think there's still some room there to grow so again like you said with murray i don't really have a problem with murray going there but he would he would be my option tree and josh allen would uh, come in at, at at my second spot i've just been so impressed with what he's done this season and again um uh, you know the offense can continue to improve there and you know his relationship with Diggs can continue to improve they didn't get a lot out of john brown this season so there's lots of interesting things there i think when we look at the other two players in that top five it's deshaun watson and lamar jackson and I know Jackson's still fourth in the list, but he's probably dropped in terms of people's opinion the most this season out of those top five. But there's still a huge upside there as well. But the one that I'm interested in and the question I'm going to put to you more so than him as a player is the situation surrounding Deshaun Watson. At this point, you know, there's a lot of question marks up in the air to see what will happen, how things will develop in Houston. Um, when you're in a situation like this, if it was a, a full-on... Uh, startup draft and you're on the clock would you be confident at the moment taking that pick i think i would be still very confident based on the fact that we've seen him do it in such a bad situation if he can get himself into a better situation the you know the improvements there i think if we're looking like he's possibly the second best quarterback in the list and we're looking at non-fantasy um deshaun watson is an incredible quarterback um but just the situation continues to kind of be bemusing be uh, with the houston texans
1: Watson is a guy who, like you pointed out, he is has such a high floor and is such a big talent, and he does so many things well. I talked about how uh, Kyler Murray has the best mix of run and pass. Watson plays at a higher level. Right. He doesn't have quite the number of rushing yards. He's not going to score quite as many rushing points, but he has that as part of his profile. You know, that part is locked in. It allows him to be a good reality quarterback, keep those drives going. And then he's a very accurate passer. He's a passer who completes to all areas of the field and is able to stretch the defense deep. And he's been able to do it, you know, with. DeAndre Hopkins, and then this year he was able to do it without. And then one of the interesting things that happened, and Sam uses the game splits app in a really cool way here to show that it, Will Fuller had a breakout season, but he was suspended. And you're thinking just, of, okay, well, now without Fuller, they really have nothing. We did see that Brandon Cooks emerged down the stretch there when they needed him to a little bit more. But Watson, with that receiving core to continue to put up the numbers really was astonishing in in the split with will fuller he averaged 26.3 points per game but then without him he bumped it up to 26.6 right so we're seeing someone who can do it without anything at the receiving position and yet anything he's going to have in the future is likely to be better i like watson here i think he's an incredibly safe pick if you have any of those top five guys I think you're going to be very, very happy with that. I think the situation there with Josh Allen is simply that we might be buying high a little bit in terms of the season where everything came together for him as a passer. When you watch the games now, everything that you see backs up these stats he's not getting that completion percentage by just getting a lot of uh, little dump off passes. He threatens deep as well as any quarterback in the NFL and he's getting a lot of rushing touchdowns. I think that one of the things that we might see going forward, even though Allen has been very consistent 2017, 2018, 2019, I'm sorry, 2018, 2019, 2020, getting that ball into the end zone, that we're going to see a little bit more from Devin Singletary and especially a little bit more from Zach Moss In 2021, those guys are going to be a little bit more involved down there inside the five. You take a few of those touchdowns back. It'll be interesting to see if Allen with the NFC East schedule down there in November and December, you know, if they can continue to make that work. We had the game uh, here in the playoffs where they finally had uh, everything ruined by the weather digs still coming through everyone else in that game. Very, very limited Those might be some tiebreaker types of things that hold you back a little bit there. He has digs the rest of that receiving core, maybe still a little bit weaker. It'll be interesting to see if Gabriel Davis can be the guy who emerges in his second season as the big uh, wide receiver too. He's someone who may be flying a little bit under the radar in that offense and could be someone who takes that next step. More like we're thinking of the uh, bigger headline guys from that rookie class. So Uh, all five of those guys if you can land any of them then your super flex draft is off to a fast start Uh, one of the things with lamar jackson is that even after having a down season this year his last two seasons together put him up there at the top of the group the highest scoring qb season in history last year and then after missing week 12 he roared back scored 29 points per game On the final five games i think this closing stretch gives you a lot of enthusiasm about what they can do uh, going forward again jackson he's almost certain to have better receivers in 2021 and 2022 and just you know such a long future with any of those guys if you get one of these five guys then you're looking at having a foundation piece for the next decade and i think that's why all five of them come off the board before it. any player at another position. Column after the break, we'll talk about the first player to break this QB run and discuss where we think players like Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara will be drafted this year in Superflex
0: listen folks the super bowl is coming up and sure we'll all be watching the game but the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game and we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors it is the action network the action network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and to experience real financial gains in fact their action network app was recently named the best app in sports betting and the action network pro subscription you can unlock the very best of the app When you sign up for the action network pro subscription you can access the pro report which includes expert projections for every game across all professional leagues you can see money and bet percentages on every game so you can see the team's professional gamblers are betting on you can take advantage of pro systems which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines and you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And as a limited time, our listeners receive a 50% discount off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code ROTOVIS. This offer won't last long. So go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use the promo code ROTOVIS to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today so showing you teased it before the break and um you know obviously another question we can link in probably to this when we're going through it is uh, the decision of where to make that call versus you know having the the foundational piece of quarterback versus having one of those other players at a, a different position uh most of the positions we're going to look at outside the quarterback on today's show we're going to be at the running back position but obviously there is that decision of having that key piece but we have to make a, a break at some part. I think it's pretty clear at minimum I would be going with those five options in a super flex before moving into the running back position. Um just for the, the foundation it gives you. And I think there is when I run through the list here now, you're gonna see there is a little bit of a split because the, the next quarterback on the list is the one that I mentioned earlier who's recovering from the injury in Dak Prescott. I'll go through the back half of that first round, and then we'll, we'll talk through a couple of the players in it. First one is Christian McCaffrey at 106, then Alvin Kamara at 107, eighth pick Dak Prescott, ninth pick Dalvin Cook, and then we get into the young quarterbacks in Justin Herbert, uh, Saquon Barkley then at the back end of that first round at 111, and then we have Joe Burrow uh, coming in at 112. So, um, you know, really talented young quarterbacks, and then sprinkled in with those kind of veteran running backs, um, and for me personally, I would probably be still leaning towards uh, getting towards those quarterbacks and that first round over the running backs, just based on uh, kind of lo- long-term planning in the two to three-year window. Um, you know, some of these guys like Saquon, unfortunately, missed out this whole season. If we see him with another injury this year, the value can start to tail off pretty quickly. But what's your thought process there, Sean, on making that decision uh, between say a, a press card um, at 106 versus Christian McCaffrey.
1: Well with McCaffrey you're going to get that extra juice to really have a good chance to dominate the 2021 season. Like you mentioned, if not for the differing levels of longevity that we would expect from these positions, McCaffrey would still be the shoe-in number 1 overall pick. You know, he has the 29 29- point per game season in 2019 the fifth best in this century and then he played in three games last year averaged 30 points per game we would not continue to expect him to put up those numbers over a full season but what he's done has been pretty extraordinary looking at this there is a little bit of hope i think too for owners who go this route who take the running back we know that we're expecting this drop-off to start to start earlier than a lot of people want to believe in. The numbers for running backs after 25 are really bad in terms of the way that the production falls off and the way that the trade value falls off. So when you take one of these guys, you're looking at the potential of having a David Johnson or a Le'Veon Bell, a Todd Gurley. You know, right now Ezekiel Elliott owners are sort of in this conundrum of, you know, does my guy have any value? Do I want him? Can I get rid of him? But if he's fallen to a third, fourth, fifth, even sixth round value, then does it even make sense to get rid of him? I've already waited too long. At the same time, right, there are four seasons in this century where running backs have scored more points per game than McCaffrey did in 2019. All of those were from running backs who are 27 years of age or older. So while we know that the numbers and the trends in general are not in our favor there are instances of some of these guys coming through and having the monster seasons late. If you take McCaffrey, you're obviously hoping that he's someone who sort of bucks the trend. The other thing is that there are four backs account for eight seasons where the running backs have averaged 27 or more points per game. So these just epic league destroying types of years. All of the other guys did it at least twice, right? We have Marshall Falk in 2001, 2002. We have Priest Holmes doing it three years in a row, although that 20, 2003 season actually was cut off was only eight games. So depending on how you look at that, the eight games doesn't do nearly as much good as having someone in the fantasy playoffs. And then Ladanian Tomlinson, 2003 and 2006. McCaffrey, if someone is going to do it another time, maybe another two times, again, he would be the guy who fits into that category, so I think that when you're looking at 2021, 2022, 2023, it's really exciting to have him in your back pocket. Now, the problem that we run into is the same issue with the quarterbacks, and it's not just the length of time that you're likely to have the two players, but it's what are you going to do then with your Christian McCaffrey team as that comes back around because In 2019, if you did a startup, then you're going to have a shot at someone like a Josh Allen coming back around to you. You're going to have a shot at some of these guys in the 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th round range that maybe you like and maybe they're even targets. That's not as much the case now, although depending on how you look at it, maybe this comes out and works for you. So this was one of the teams that I was drafting. This was Team 6. It was drafted out of the 6th hole. I went ahead and took... Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield in rounds five and six now most of those guys have some concerns themselves we don't know for sure that Hurts is even going to be the quarterback a lot of things going on there in Philadelphia there is some reason to believe they're still going to try and get Carson Wentz in there in some way shape or form and then Baker Mayfield I think the round six value on him actually was very very good and that he's someone who while he's not an exciting guy like these first round picks definitely someone who has Uh, value in these super flex leagues we saw him against the Steelers. we saw him lead the comeback against the chiefs if a couple of different things had fallen just differently they would have won that game and he'd be developing some huge momentum going into 2021 so depending on you how you like some of the other options and how much risk you're willing to take both in terms of you know not chasing the qb points but thinking you can still address the position I think that one of the reasons that quarterbacks are going to go earlier this year than they did last year and in 2018 is that when you look at what happened to owners who waited, you look at what happened to people who were in the Jimmy Garoppolo range, who were in the Gardner Minshew range, who are trying to figure out uh, who's going to be that quarterback in 2018. chicago those types of situations really hurt them now we had the justin herbert situation where that paid off in a huge way for owners but mostly people who waited who didn't have the stars got killed this past season we always see a reaction to that the following year and so i think that reaction is justified based on the number of young stars but we have to also be concerned that maybe there is a little bit of an overreaction either way christian mccaffrey is someone i don't think you're ever going to be disappointed to have him but it is a little bit of a risky move. The same thing true for Alvin Kamara, who was the 2020 league winner. I think that he's a nice pick there at 107, but then when we got to the 108, I did go back to Dak Prescott as opposed to taking a shot at Dalvin Cook or Saquon Barkley, two guys I really, really like. I'm getting from you that you think that was the right choice.
0: I think it was, and I have no problem at all with the, the Christian McCaffrey pick. I think what we're going to see, as you mentioned, some of those uh, quarterbacks maybe getting pushed up into the, the first round or into the second round that maybe it wouldn't have been previously. But I think it's also part of the mindset of, obviously in like one quarterback leagues we're going to probably wait a little bit on quarterback um and not be taking them in this range but when you have two quarterbacks and you can start those two positions the value of these top end quarterbacks is just so high and particularly when you if you look at the guys that we have in that list at the top there is all rushing upside in them uh, and that rushing ability can just you know move those points up dramatically so this season for example if you had somebody like Josh Allen um you know your, your weekly floor was so high that you know if you're if the, the other team's quarterback was for example you mentioned uh, garoppolo didn't play many games this year but let's say even in mid-season uh, baker mayfield you no know, strong finish to the year but uh, in the midpoint of the season you just had such an advantage but if you have two of those guys in there like i had a couple of rosters this year that ended up having uh josh allen and Aaron Rodgers, and you just had such a uh such an advantage in those weeks i think what we'll see is some of the veteran guys be values um and those kind of middle to late rounds and super flex but i think we're going to see especially the running back a uh, running quarterbacks at the position really elevate it. and i think we've seen that then with the younger guys coming in like uh, justin herbert and uh, joe Burrow, even with the injury the the kind of the way that the, the coaches let those guys you know throw the ball as much as they did um to give that upside down from a passing perspective as well um bodes really well so it, it is very interesting um, i think prescott obviously the injury would be a little bit concerning but when he did get injured this year was playing probably the best uh football of his career Um, was you know playing extremely well if we look as well at the you know cores of wide receivers around these quarterbacks that we're mentioning so far um you know i, I would give it to Mahomes obviously for the the weapons he has but um strongly the conversation after that would be the dallas cowboys for their wide receiver uh, core and then obviously um although Elliott didn't have a great season uh still has a you know a strong running back uh, group there as well so i think there's a lot of advantages around having Prescott um concerns are obviously the injury and <laughs> uh, the play calling of uh, Mike McCarthy and co but we'll see what happens there but I I would slot him in but I think that's fair to take Kamara uh, and McCaffrey ahead of him but um I think that's just a fair a fair landing but the one I was interested in Sean I know uh you're a big Dalvin Cook uh, supporter and obviously he came uh, off a, a phenomenal season this year um was there a a question mark for you between taking Prescott and taking Cook Um, what was the decision there
1: not really although it was very hard to, to pass on Dalvin Cook I think he's probably the best pure running back in the NFL best pure runner he and Nick Chubb are the two guys in that conversation obviously Derrick Henry is going to have some fans uh, in that discussion as well but when you look at what Cook is able to do, he's the guy who's going to be in that 23, 24, 25 point per game range. Now, changing in the offseason, you know, could knock him down a little bit. That's a very high range to maintain. But even at twenty twenty-one in that category, he's someone who's giving you a, a very large weekly advantage and... Because he does it both as a runner and as a receiver, then I really like that floor. The problem with Cook is that his expected point numbers in the receiving game are a little bit more in the five point per game area. To have someone who you could legitimately take ahead of these quarterbacks, I think you have to have someone who has that 26, 27, 28 point per game total upside, which means you almost certainly have to have a seven, eight, nine. expected points per game as a receiver as well as the big numbers you have to have obviously as a runner there cook also someone with the injuries that he's had and just looking at him in the conversation with some of those other running backs who've had a swift decline uh, from the 26 27 28 age range i'm a little bit more concerned that he he just has a a more difficult road to being one of these guys where when he's 28 29 we're saying okay well he's still a star and so I think that those two things lower his upside just enough to where I, I think you have to get that QB foundation that you've talked about there now the tricky one as well was passing on Saquon Barkley at the 110 and so to do that We take Justin Herbert here. I think my biggest regret of the 2020 season was that I had Herbert a lot higher than a lot of uh, Dynasty experts. I had him much closer to, if not above, Burrow and Tua. And yet, in the startup drafts that I did, I ended up missing on him by uh, two or three slots in these drafts that had him in with the regular players and i missed him by a slot or two in rookie drafts uh, on a number of occasions it only helps you to be higher than the community if you're high enough that you're actually getting him and and have him on the roster so that uh, sort of bittersweet situation where you feel kind of like you were right and yet you you weren't able to take advantage of it nearly enough justin herbert now i think is a pretty clear-cut first round startup pick and to not have him at the prices he was going at last year, and that that really hurts. But you come back this year, you, you can't make the same mistake. You have to make sure you get him onto your roster. I'd like to put in a plug for the Rotoviz Screener here. It's one of those tools that we still have uh, from the Fantasy Douche days. And Mike Beerus has done a fantastic job maintaining this, adding features to it. It's it's a really, really cool tool. It allows you to search for all kinds of things. But then it allows you to do uh, some advanced types of of activities as well so looking at it here you look at the last 20 years herbert trailed only cam newton in fantasy points among rookie quarterbacks only andrew luck in yards he ranked number one with those 31 touchdowns he he balanced that out with only 10 picks right so when we're looking at him against someone like an andrew luck the touchdown interception ratio really stands out as an area where he was actually superior so you pull up the screener you do all this searching but then you can Click on the similarity search tab to find out who the closest comp for Herbert is after this rookie year, and you find out that it is Andrew Luck. So I don't think that that's a huge surprise, but it is cool to see that come up there. Andrew Luck, obviously someone who was mentioned as the potential overall pick, not in Superflex, but just in Dynasty in general back at that time period. Now I think that wasn't necessarily the consensus pick and it didn't work out since very sadly Andrew Luck decided to retire early. But but that's where he was being looked at after that rookie season. Herbert probably playing even a little bit better. The other thing that you can do here is you can click on the linear regression uh feature and it'll allow you to pick out the different stats from from the search and then you can play with them to see what gives you the best projection, the most accurate projection for the next season. So you do that, you plug in uh the different metrics there, you toy with it a little bit to figure out which ones are statistically significant, and then you do your projection. And the cool thing here is that uh while I don't think it would be a surprise that Herbert's closest comp was Andrew Luck, I do think you'll be surprised if you uh, play with that linear regression <laughs> feature and discover that it's projecting him to outscore Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson in 2021. Now, I don't necessarily expect that to be the case. I, I think that if we did, then you know he wouldn't be lasting the 110. He'd be up there in, the, in that top five group. But it, it gives you a sense of where his numbers were and how much excitement we can have about him going forward. That was enough for me to pass on Saquon Barkley. And then at the 112, I picked Joe Burrow, who didn't have quite the same year. But Colin, there are some cool things you can do with the tools on this one as well.
0: Yeah, and when we look at Borough as well, I guess we have to put in the caveat of the the injury. He was looking extremely impressive pre the injury, um, and obviously a very high passing volume. You mentioned, you know, before the game splits. Uh, app when we look at end split, um, he was averaging forty one point five points or forty one point five pass attempts per game. Um, the one thing I would have question with him is his season for me was like to the eye test was looking a lot more like the Andrew Luck season um, in terms of. There was a lot of attempts and then maybe not as many completions. And, you know, we were we were seeing some of those interceptions creeping as well. So that was what was so impressive with Herbert's season was the low number of interceptions and the, the passing attempts. You mentioned some of the stats there. Um, Herbert had 595 passing attempts, which was less than luck in that season uh, as well. But the second uh, highest in that list uh, that you mentioned previously and just the 10 interceptions off them. So for a rookie, um, just phenomenal stuff. I I was very impressed with how Borough handled the entire situation um, coming in. Obviously, the expectations were extremely high. He was the number one pick. He didn't have enough season to get things going. Uh, The expectations were there uh, straight away. So he did have uh, the 10 starts, um, but obviously then cut sharp with the injury we'll see how that comes back but when we look through some of those uh, rookie seasons uh, Joe Burrow does uh, stand out pretty well when we compare him to uh, Herbert and Luck and then Carson Wentz and you know it's easy to look at Wentz now and not luck as positively but you know he started off uh, as a really really strong option at the quarterback position Uh, Joe Burrow and PPR points was averaging 20.9 points um, on, on the season as well but I just think that like the, the points that you mentioned there for Herbert um I think puts him in the edge. And the other thing I think is the, the the core that's around Herbert um is is a little bit stronger. You know, I know we we both love Tyler Boyd but um and T. Higgins obviously as well. But outside of that there's a lot of question marks around the entire organization um for, for the Bengals. So we'll see how they can support around Joe Burrow and and hopefully things can can be um positive for, for him moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think that the injury recovery is going to be the big situation with Burrow there. You mentioned Herbert Luck when some of the guys who compare to him, only four rookies have been asked to throw 38 passes per game. When you look at those stats, Burrow is the most similar to Luck. So we choose the point the point per game feature, or we choose the per week feature in term, instead of the per season feature. We do that similarity search. We find that Andrew Luck is also the closest comp for Joe Burrow. Uh, incredibly exciting for both of these guys going forward they add a little bit of rushing value i think that they're going to explode as passers herbert really already there burrow i think going to be a real star and i might be a little bit more excited about that receiving gore with higgins and boyd than you are if he's able to come back and and one of the things about carson Wentz showing up on this list is it's a reminder of how those injuries can cause a problem Wentz. Played for several more years competently after his big injury. He looked to be on the verge of having an MVP season. And then 2020 really collapsed. And now his career is really in jeopardy. We hope that Burrow won't have any of those kinds of things. Early reports have been positive. There's still a long way until we get the kinds of reports that we can be very confident that he's going to be a star in 2021 but even if he has to wait a little bit maybe the first half of his second year isn't as strong i think the long term on him uh, really justifies this first round selection and i think above russell wilson who is sort of the other pick there we'll get into that in our thursday show where we look at round two and discuss a little bit more some of the tactics and some of the important choices that you have to make early in these superflex startups
0: yeah, no, and I'm I'm looking forward to that one as well. And I just want to point out, it wasn't uh, T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd that I, I was down on. <laughs> Listening to the show will know me and Sean are both uh, very excited for them, but it's just a situation of like around that, not even on the playing staff, but um, the other situation then is, you know, the, the, the running backs in the backfield in, in Cleveland, or sorry, in Cincinnati at the minute, don't excite me all that much, but obviously we have Austin Eckler down there in la as well so we'll see what happens but uh sean T's there on thursday's show we're going to go into the second round looking forward to talking about that as i mentioned earlier in the show as well you can get yourself that 10 percent discount to road of his nfl pass by using the code rv radio 2021 or by going to road forward slash podcast uh, as always if you could drop us a written and review on your favorite podcast app we would appreciate it greatly and we, usually I try and remember my best. We'll have some listener questions this Thursday on the podcast, but if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, you can always send them my way at rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. We'll try and add the best ones into some of the upcoming shows throughout the off-season. My name, as always, is Colin Kelly, and my co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out Sean's great work, including today's piece, up on rotoviz.com. We'll be back on Thursday with another podcast, and until then, have a good one.